ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Simone Brand, author of Weed Mom. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I saw this on Instagram and I was like, I have to reach out to this person. <laughs> I have to like figure this out. Like, I'm, I'm very curious about this. As someone who partakes in edibles, weed, whole thing, I'm like, okay, where did this come from for you? Like, how did, what was the life before this and then life kind of as you dove into this area? So the funny thing is that I used to really misunderstand and dislike cannabis. Um, and I, <laughs> I tell that story in the first chapter of my book yeah. that actually my husband overused it for a while. And mm. I want to be honest with people that I'm writing this book for that it's possible to overuse cannabis for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that it's easier to cultivate a healthy relationship with it. Um, and I have a lot of tools in my book about how to do that intentionally. We can kind of get into that later, but, yeah. um, you know, but, but yeah, I watched him basically self-medicate without a lot of awareness around, you know, how to do that well, how to balance THC with CBD, mm -hmm. et cetera. There's just a lot to know, right? So, yeah. you know, so because of that, I, I didn't appreciate cannabis. I thought, you know, it just made my husband kind of tune out, made him unmotivated, maybe had some career, you know, implications for him. And so, you know, for a long time, I avoided it myself, even though, you know, I tried it here and there. It wasn't like yeah. I never. Um, but then, you know, as a freelance writer, I started getting some assignments about cannabis before I even really knew or cared much about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to learn for that, you know, for those assignments. And as I began to learn and interview people about how much cannabis had helped them, you know, given them their quality of life, helped them get off of pharmaceuticals in many cases, um, you know, change the way that they sleep or parent or, you know, just go through their days without pain. All that kind of stuff it made me really curious since i was living in california at the time and i voted for legalization even before i liked it because i didn't think that it should be illegal or, or that people should right. ever go to jail of course it. yeah that's <laughs> insane <laughs> it's completely insane so you know so, so as i kind of became intellectually curious i think that um you know then i decided to go for it and, and try out the legal marketplace myself so I was really cautious, you know, simple little vape pen, yeah. one, you know, one puff, very, very, <laughs> you know, mild. <laughs> I know, I know. I was, oh, I was just so cautious. But, you know, but honestly, I had, I had such an embodied and beautiful experience on my yoga mat after doing that, after taking yeah. that one puff. Because <laughs> my tolerance was extremely low back then. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> now imagine, like, tell me about, I got to get to that, but tell me about kind of this, what was going on inside of you emotionally as you're like, man, I'm learning about this and it's altering my mindset. Where, take me inside that aspect for you. Yeah, so I was learning about it and really hearing, like I said, these stories of people's lives who had been transformed and changed and, and, um, 
you know, where, where they felt like their quality of life was so much richer with cannabis mm-hmm. in their lives. So, you know, so the more I, I delved into those personal stories and also the research, because as a writer, I was looking at, you know, various research on cannabis and yeah. we have, we have a lot, but we still need a lot more. Um, and, you know, as you know, it's really hard to get studies approved for cannabis still being schedule one federally. Um, but Crazy. you know, just that, that intellectual curiosity really, really led me to that personal, you know, personal exploration and experience. And the more I experimented with cannabis, I realized this is a wellness tool. This yes. is something I can actually, you know, use to enhance how I feel in my body, how I feel about myself in the world. And it's all like, you know, dose dependent, product dependent. I'm not talking bong reps all day on the couch. (laughs) 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 You know, I mean, for some people, if that works for some folks, that's fine. That doesn't fit well for me because I I have a lot to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Yeah. Like, um, what was the most surprising to you about getting into this like you were like man i didn't think like what really changed your mind what was this like wow i didn't see this coming you know hmm, interesting well as i started researching and experimenting with cannabis i was having more conversations about the comparison with alcohol which i yeah. found pretty interesting given mm-hmm. you know the legality obviously and the total mm-hmm. acceptance total. of alcohol <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in our culture and you know and for moms i mean that's my the group that i speak to the most probably because i you know my kids are eight and eleven and when i started writing that cannabis they were you know younger obviously and and so the, the kind of mom and parent world is very much a part of my life and um you know mommy wine culture so prevalent so accepted <laughs> it's so prevalent man <laughs> it's crazy it's and- like chardonnay noontime <laughs> exactly. It's, so, so I guess I, I became interested and curious and surprised by how how many moms I spoke to said, you know what, I know that I'm seen as a responsible mom if I partake in wine. I, I can be seen as a responsible my mom if I partake in wine, but it doesn't make me feel good, and I don't parent my best, and I don't yeah. sleep well. Whereas I can actually, you know, microdose or moderate dose with cannabis, feel good, feel like myself feel fine the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, so that comparison became pretty interesting to me. Now I think we hear it a lot. Like, you know, there's the whole Cali sober thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah I'm like, no, okay. no alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of plenty of cannabis. Yeah. So you know, so there's that. And then also I think I've become really surprised. I became surprised by the number of, of moms who actually are really doing this, just unaf- just afraid to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's a real big part of it for I was definitely one of those. I didn't try cannabis until I was like 35 and 43. And uh, I think I just had like poor information about it. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, I would never do something like that. Now I've done a lot of things I said I would never do, but, you know, <laughs> then I start doing it. And I didn't start out with one puff, man. I was like, give me edibles. I want to just go straight into this. I'm like 30 milligrams. And then it was, it was messy. It was definitely messy. I learned my <laughs> limit real quick, though. <laughs> but there's well, a stigma, you know? Yeah. It's like, hey, it's so funny. You can drink a whole bottle of wine a night, and then, oh, that's fine. But if you're, like, smoking weed or vaping weed or you're taking edible, it's like, oh, you're, you're not a good person. You know, it's like, what? Makes no sense. The stigma is real. Yeah. And it's still pretty prevalent, even even in states that have legalized. And of course, it just depends, you know, on a lot of things, the sort of subculture of your, you know, 
peer group, I would say, and family and yeah. your job and all those things. But, you know, there's there's still quite a, quite a bit of stigma. And, um, you know, so you, you said that you just dove in, you went, oh, yeah. went for the edibles. Yeah, straight <laughs> hard. I was, and I knew I knew there was a big difference between the two. You know, an edible is very different than actually smoking. It's very just almost two different things completely to mm -hmm. me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was definitely fell down seven times. <laughs> I was like, man, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't, you didn't have a bad enough experience that it turned you off to future. No, okay. no, not at all. Because I saw it, I immediately knew, honestly, that it was better for me than alcohol. I, I immediately, I immediately knew that. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, okay, I still like alcohol, but like, I got to flip the ratio on this this needs to be more central to like, if I'm going to do something mind altering for the drug than alcohol, because one of these things is much worse. And this was without knowing anything, just instinctively. I felt mm -hmm. that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's just mind boggling to me still how, how much stigma there is against cannabis when it's absolutely true that moderate use has very, it has almost no side effects. It's pretty amazing. Yes, it right? is amazing. It is if you take amazing. the right dose, you know, for you, yes. if you overdo it, you can feel awful and I don't recommend yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while you go overboard, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But, you know, I did write the, the book basically as a guide to help people ease in yeah. and not feel overwhelmed and not have that first time, you know, I took 20 milligrams and I didn't know where I was kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. A lot of people have that, like, I've had several people in my life who like won't do cannabis at all because they had a really bad experience. Like they had a cookie and first of all, they don't know like the time lapse or like, Oh, this isn't working, you know? And then they eat more or they don't even know what's in the cookie, how many milligrams are in it. And you have to be educated on the dosage and whether it's indica, sativa, where you, you know, there's a whole science behind how you take it these things but a lot of people you know if you're at some party and somebody gives you like a brownie like this the worst worst way to do it i mean i agree i agree and so that's something that i really appreciate about the legal marketplace is it takes yes. a lot of that guesswork out i mean as long as you do some you know have some education know yeah. what you're you know know how to read the labels and and know what is an appropriate dose and that kind of thing yeah like i i'm not a <laughs> I am an experimenter. I like to do different things, but I don't like to feel bad. And I don't, I don't have time. Like my kids are yeah. little enough and they need me. And so, you know, the, the legal marketplace gives you the, all those options, like the precise doses when it comes yep. to edibles, um, even precise doses when it comes to certain, you know, inhalable products, like there yeah. are vapes where like you can only have, you know, 2.5 milligrams per inhale. And so you can really, yeah. um, you know, measure it well and, and know what's right for your body. So yeah, that, that learning curve is, I think, you know, the, one of the hardest things for, for new folks, which is why I wanted to introduce people in this book to the legal marketplace and say, all right, here's what you need to know. Let's break it down. Percentage of THC, you know, milligrams, if it's inedible, you know, all that stuff. When you talk to other people about this who are maybe hesitant, what are their biggest concerns that you've heard? Mm, interesting. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is just that like moral, you know, moral mm. stigma, like, you know, people must there must be something wrong or something they're escaping from if they're, you know, leaning on, uh, you know, a drug like cannabis. And for me, like, I think that 
that comes from ignorance and the mm -hmm. fact that people don't understand the endocannabinoid system, which we, you know, for your listeners, if they don't know, we have an endocannabinoid system mm -hmm. that literally interacts perfectly with the molecules in the cannabis plant. I know. How amazing is that? When I learned that, I was like, okay, duh. <laughs> like, this is like a home run. Let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I've read some really interesting things about how, you know, humans have been cultivating cannabis for so long that in some ways we might've co-evolved with the plant mm. and like, you know, the plant morphs itself and our own physiology reforms like over, you know, a long, long, long time, thousands yes. of years, obviously yeah. to like fit together. And I find that fascinating. I don't know. I can't speak to the, you know, the sure. truth of that, but, um, you know, so I think understanding that the endocannabinoid system goes a long way to helping people understand, okay, it's not just like an escape or I'm just trying to numb myself out or anything like that. It's like yeah. actually getting more in tune with yourself. Again, dose dependence. If you overdo it, you'll, you will be less connected probably. <laughs> 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 you know, so there's that. And then other uh, concerns. I think for moms, there's a lot of concern about like, will I be, you know, will I be a responsible parent? Will I be uh -huh. safe? Will I, you know, how do I figure out my limits while I'm with my kids and all that, all that stuff, which is important. And I go over that quite a bit in the book to help people, you know, get through that learning curve without a lot of error. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit um, before we dive. Well, let me back up a little bit. So... How did you see yourself as a mother when you weren't doing this as to when you are, how you are doing this now? What's been the biggest shift for you? That's interesting. Um, I think the biggest shift for me has been in validating self-care as mm. a mom, because, you know, especially when your kids are really little, there's just you can be lost in their constant need. You can lose yourself. Oh in my their, gosh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to say that. To, to, I'm to a parent. parent. I know I have a 10 year old daughter. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and so just being able to have a, a few boundaries with my kids because I don't smoke in front of them, for instance, yeah. and when I need a reset, when I need a moment and we're home, we're in a safe environment, I do feel comfortable elevating is what I usually say or microdosing or whatever, mm -hmm. but you know, I'll take, I'll take time away and then come back to them. And, you know, I of, often combine my cannabis uh, consumption and I, inhalation is really my favorite. I, I like to yeah. smoke weed. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say it. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> We're it's okay. Here, hey. <laughs> and you know, and not just THC, I'd like to smoke CBD as well. And that oh, has really? that has effects too. CBD flower can be, you know, pretty powerful too, just in its mm. own way. So, you know, so I, I like to combine those rituals with some yoga, with uh, maybe, you know, lighting a candle or some Palo Santo, so Palo Santo, yeah. or ha maybe having my my little crystals somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> nice. That I keep at my desk. And so, you know, so validating self-care, validating time that's not working or parenting, basically. Yeah. yeah. Now, so with, with your kids, you're not doing it in front of them, but are you are you high at some point, like when you're interacting with them at all? Well, you know, it's a spectrum of, you know, high. And I would say that I'm on the lower side of that sometimes. Yeah. Sure. You know, moderate or micro dosing. I do feel comfortable if we're home. I'm not, I don't drive. Exactly. That way. Yeah. I don't take them rock climbing or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, <laughs> mommy's high. We're going to go rock climbing. <laughs> we're going to get high. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> might be entertaining, but not the best yeah. safety choice. So, no, um, no. you know, so yeah, like if we're, if we're just chilling at home and we want to, you know, get into an art project together or, yes. um, you know, talk about something difficult that happened at school, like, you know, I am more empathetic and more tuned in. And I just, I feel like it's, it improves my parenting in so many ways. And, and, and moms that I talked to for the book said the same thing. There were moms with, for instance, social anxiety or generalized anxiety who said, I wouldn't get out and do half the things that I do with my kid if, you know, if, if I were still stuck at home and medical marijuana has helped me in that regard. So, you know, yeah, parenting is a big one. I think that I'm a more present, more, um, you know, just less harried parent. Yeah, I actually... I haven't told this to anybody, but I figured this was the good, this was a good episode to do this for this. So uh, I feel like, you know, I'm a very present parent, but I think I'm, I can be very serious as a parent, you know, a lot of like structure and boundaries. So sometimes I'm not as my more relaxed self when I'm parenting, because I'm trying to keep my daughter on track and all these things, you know, it's exhausting. And then, but then when like edibles are my thing primarily. So I, they're very low dose edibles. I feel like I, I laugh more. I'm more fun. My daughter and I have, we're, we're closer because I'm more, a more relaxed version of myself. So like, I, like every Friday, I, I do the thing where I'll do that and we'll watch a movie together. And like, you know, I'm getting the gigs like crazy. Like I'm, you know, you, I mean, if you haven't done it, like you get massive gigs, it's crazy. And she's laughing so hard because I'm laughing so hard. She has no clue, you know, that I, took an edible like 45 minutes ago, but, and she was like, oh, daddy, we had the best laughs together. And sometimes I need that edible for me to unlock that version of myself for that. So when you said art project, you know, for me, it's like a movie or whatever, a chatting. I think it's really helpful for that. I muted myself because my dog started barking. Oh, it's okay. I've had all types of stuff happen. <laughs> like, just let it roll sometimes um yeah sometimes my dog is more disruptive than my kids i mean honestly <laughs> be a lot more. <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> but it but of course you know not the mental load that kids uh no kids require no, of you no, no, that's for sure definitely not no but yes i i hear you and I've, I've heard that from a lot of parents that they're able to you know just sort of tune into that more playful and more childlike yeah. version of themselves that you know it gets really buried Yes, I am not. I'm telling you right now, I am not the, the play parent. I don't find a lot of joy in like, you know, one, I don't like playing with Barbies and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, and all the little silly things that kids are into. I, I don't feel connected to it ever for that. And some parents are naturally good at that. They're good play parents. I need a little help in order to like do that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Me too. Um, my husband is actually pretty fun and silly i would say that yeah. he's the he's the more fun parent <laughs> <laughs> i'm the like i like to teach i think yeah. that's that's in my you know my background it's in my blood i really enjoy showing them how to do things and teaching yeah. them independent skills and you know teaching them about the world and things like that but yeah when it comes to like just just being silly being fun it, it, yeah. it can be a little more you know inaccessible for me too so cannabis helps in that regard yeah, I think that's, and I think that's, it's good to have this conversation because I've talked to so many parents who think like, well, why don't I like to play with my kid? Or why don't like, is there something wrong? With me? No, there's nothing wrong with you. Everybody's wired differently. But this is an interesting 
option to help it if done correctly and, and educated yourself and done at the proper dosage, it could actually bring you closer to your children, your spouse, and un unlock maybe a, a more sensitive, more present version of yourself. You know? I agree. I agree. I have a whole chapter on parenting with cannabis. And, you know, I, I tell some some stories of women that mm -hmm. I interviewed who who talk about the different ways that cannabis helps them. And, you know, one of one of them was saying, and she she wasn't driving because she had she had her spouse with her, but she she said, Chuck E. Cheese is my least favorite place on earth. <laughs> and I, I have to go there sometimes for kids' soccer parties or whatever. So she's like, five milligrams edible and I'm much happier at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and then my, my partner drives us home. <laughs> See, it's all about like a ceremony. You've created there's a ceremony of safety. And that in the dosage and in the transportation, the problem comes when people don't have a ceremony or a ritual or guidelines for using it, then it becomes a huge problem, I think, for a lot of people. I agree. I agree. And I apologize, but my dog is being very annoying. So please give me one Oh, no, moment. it's okay. I don't hear anything. Seriously, it's all good. One, one moment. Yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. See, right now she's going like she's going to get the edible. <laughs> I was saying, are you sure you're going to uh, see your dog? See, I think you went back there. You went back to get an edible. I knew it. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I keep them right on my desk. I don't need like, to. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so with this book, so when you're when you're writing this book and you're thinking about it. In terms of moms, you said you, you were chatting to different moms and things of that nature. What inspired like the pathway for the book, how you wanted it to be written? You know? um, well, it's because I, I found myself writing a lot about cannabis as a freelancer and a lot about parenting. And yeah. mainly those two were separate categories, um, separate beats, as we say sometimes. But, yeah. um, but then occasionally I would write like, you know, how to talk to your kids about cannabis, just, you know, light pieces that would that would mm -hmm. blend the two subjects um and so as i kind of developed a reputation for writing about those two things people came to me moms in my community started saying hey there's a new dispensary that just opened up like i don't know where to start you know yeah. what do you what do you suggest or how do i you know how do i deal with my sleep issues or what do you think about you know anxiety and cbd so all sorts of questions would come my way and I spent a lot of time answering them and, you know, speaking to people one-on-one -on -one, and I love to do that, but I also felt like there's actually demand for this particular, yeah. you know, subject for moms and cannabis, like a hand-holding, I wanted it to be a hand-holding guide, like, mm. hey, you don't have to be afraid. This is the history of cannabis and how long we've been interacting with it. This is how prohibition made no sense, um, you know, and then like, this is how we got legalization and this is what we know about cannabis science and I'll hold your hand and take you through the experience basically. So, you know, it's, it, it is a walk through the consumer experience, but it's also like an overall guide to what the subject is. I mean, it's, it's a vast, interesting subject actually. Yeah. Cannabis overlaps so many things. Most definitely. Well, let's mm -hmm. jump into some of the strategies or guidelines you talk about in your book. Um, for, I think for the listeners and certainly I've told several, I've told several moms who are on the fence about this with clients I have and things and they, they want to know, I said, I'll, I'll remember, I'm going to remember. So one thing I will remember for this, okay, like <laughs> let's talk about some strategies that you talk about in your book for moving into this as a parent. 
Yeah. Uh, so, okay. That's, there's a lot to say there, but I'll try to summarize. And, you know, I think the first thing is, is to just ask yourself, what am I looking for? What, what, what kind of experience do I want to have? Um, is it, you know, to treat a mild symptom? If you're wanting to treat a major symptom, I think me the medical path is the way to go. Talk yeah. to a practitioner. But, you know, if it's like, I just want to improve my mood or I want to relax without the hangover the next day, or, you know, I just want to sleep a little better. I think that you can self-experiment in those cases. Um, so ask yourself what you're looking for and then do, you know, educate yourself a bit on what the different products are. And it can be kind of overwhelming. There's a lot <laughs> out there, <laughs> yes. but, you know, basically it's good to know about CBD and THC. Um, and of course, know the legal situation where you live and what the legal marketplace is like. That's important for a mom. We don't want, you know, to get on the wrong side of things, but, um, and I say that even though I live in a prohibition state, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I now, now, yeah. Um, so, you know, getting to know a bit about CBD and THC, know that, that CBD is non, you know, psychotropic. It's not going to, you know, change your perception or outlook, but it actually can reduce anxiety for some people and the right doses, good, you know, good quality products. Um, you know, without the high, but if you do want to go into THC, then start low and go slow. That is the most <laughs> important thing. <laughs> you didn't do that, but you didn't no. have a terrible experience. Some people no. are just like, never again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably would have done low and slow, but I was like in a moment and I was like, well, let's just rip the bandaid off. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah i mean that's one way to do it and, and you know yeah. the, but but yeah I, I definitely think start low and go slow because some people have some people have really strong reactions to thc that's true and they can get anxious and that's no fun so you know thc is a dose dependent kind of thing with anxiety like low low doses often can alleviate alleviate it whereas high doses can cause it um, so that's an interesting thing. So know, know your CBD and THC, um, understand dosing, just proper dosing is super, mm -hmm. super important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that may be one of the biggest things. <laughs> like, Absolutely. And it's different based on what kind of products you're taking. If you're taking yeah. edible or taking some kind of inhalable, um, you know, and now there's even more categories than straight edible or inhalable yeah, you know so yeah. many things tinctures that start to absorb through your mouth before you digest Ugh. them sprays <laughs> not into that <laughs> no it, it destroys your tolerance <laughs> it is uh, it's too much okay yeah <laughs> and, yeah interesting but you know there's just all kinds of products to experiment with so you know i would say um, have an idea of what you're looking for when you go into the dispensary, but you can ask questions. Don't be afraid. Ask yes. questions of people who work there, the bud tenders, as they're called. Um, <laughs> that's great. I haven't heard that before. That's oh, good. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a job now, and it's a really quickly growing industry. Yeah, I could so totally there. be a bud tender. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I know so much about weed. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fascinating. It you is. Know? rich history lots of you know interesting stuff on the cultivation side like how how, how we make this interesting yeah. product you know um okay so back to tips um know what you're looking for understand cbd and thc start low and go slow understand appropriate dosing and you know set and setting is important too Oh, and I've heard you talk about that. So I know, yeah, I know that, that your listeners probably know what that is, but you know, just basically where you are and who you're with and what your mind, your mind state is, what your internal state is. Um, cannabis is not a fix-all. 
you know, it's not a cure-all. So, you know, if you're, if you're not taking care of yourself, not feeling good, you know, not sleeping, not nourishing yourself well, then it's not going to be a skillful addition. I think that it goes along with all those other pieces. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, and you're right. Knowing what's out there is crazy because like, if you go into a dispensary, it's like an adult candy store. It's like crazy. And I have a friend who recently went into one and she had never been into one. And she goes, it's like the Apple store, but for weed. (laughs) Yeah, some of them are. I mean, there's like all kinds of dispensaries. There's like, you know, Jerry Garcia themed dispensaries. There's one right where I live. It's amazing. It's called Dank of America. It's a great name. (laughs) And it looks like a shithole, man. I'm telling you. But when I, it's in, I live in Washington state and they have tons. I mean, we've had weed forever here, but I used yes. to live in Las Vegas and weed is legal there and everything, all the dispensers there are like sexy vampire layers and stuff. It's weird. It's super high end. It's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, dispensaries can reflect like the place they're in, the, the culture of the neighborhood, all that good stuff. Yeah. We've got those Apple store type places. We've also got, yeah. you know, kind of wellness oriented, boutique you know, bougie. Yeah, spots. bougie, there's yeah. Like, <laughs> there's every, which, you know, I won't lie, it's pretty fun. I, it's fun. I can enjoy that. <laughs> it's like a tourist destination, actually. My friends come into town, we, we go and actually go around to all the dispensaries and they love it because they're, they're in Vegas and they're like, oh, it's too upscale here. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, we like going to your place. Everything's like a convenience store weed place. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Oh my God. depends on what you're into <laughs> yeah that's funny that's really funny and then you know some states have delivery so that if people are you know afraid to walk yeah. into that dispensary don't want to be seen in the parking lot whatever you can always <laughs> just order um you know depends on where you are yeah, yeah california has that i know a lot mm-hmm. of people have that and i was like why are you hiding from this <laughs> i know it's funny i had a friend who like refused to go in the store with me would like drop me off and I'm like, what's this? Not like we're like trying to infiltrate the Pentagon here. I mean, like, like, <laughs> just a store, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, a hundred years ish of prohibition has yeah. really, you know, and all that reefer madness propaganda. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. that that colored people's attitudes and then they think like it's, you're doing something wrong. And, you know, I, I wanted to address that a little bit in the book. And actually, I heard you speak about that in a, in a different um, yeah. episode of, um, you know, just how altered states of consciousness, seeking altered states of consciousness is pretty, it's natural. It's normal. Yes. We humans do it all the time. Michael and, Pollan talks about that. He yeah. is like, why hasn't this been edited out of our population? People's, people, all people crave it on some level. You, you may say, well, I don't do this stuff. Well, you're doing meditation. You're trying to alter your state of consciousness or whatever it is. You're trying, you're doing sports, you're exercising, you're altering how you're thinking about something. We've just made it, we made it wrong on some other stuff or something, you know, like, but I I think humans seek it, you know? We absolutely do. And, you know, I, I think from a harm reduction standpoint, it makes sense to obviously know the, you know, the effects of whatever yes. you're consuming. And there are some, you know, even though I am for decriminalization and, you know, legalization of other drugs, you know, mm-hmm. too, I also think that it's really important to know the risks and just yeah. understand them well. 
Um, but I don't, I don't have a moral stigma attached anymore to, to <laughs> drug use. You know, I've evolved on it. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that we're lucky to, to be in a time where, uh, where these kinds of discussions can happen. Have, have you read um, or seen Dr. Carl Hart's book, um, Drug, drug Use, use for Grown-ups? Grown -ups, yep, it's right yeah. over here, sitting <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a little, uh, it's, it's a little extreme. You know, sure. <laughs> on some level, it kind of be extreme. Like I read it, and my wife read it. She's like, "Don't even think about it." <laughs> some of this other stuff. I was like, "Don't you don't have to worry about that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But you know, it's like it's pushing the envelope and definitely yeah. thought provoking. I think. Yeah, I think it is, and I I like that. I may not be on his level of like you know this guy's doing cocaine and stuff you know and all this stuff and heroin. That's not a, a, a bridge that I'm willing to do, but um, I do think it's good to know about these things and understand like the history of like, why has there been these smear campaigns, these propaganda campaigns against it? Much like with like mushrooms, I talk about that openly. I do mushrooms. And uh, so like, that's something like, see, that's not the same as weed to me. Mushrooms, like if that's gonna be legalized at some point down the line, but it's not something you should ever just be able to go into a store and get. I, re I really don't think it's too powerful. Mm -hmm. It's way too powerful, very spiritual. Weed is like, okay, I can go recreationally do that. Mushrooms, whole different game. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Although in, in really micro doses, mushrooms don't have yeah, that psychedelic bad. effect. Um, but but yes, it's it's. I think it should be um regulated in some way what that should look like yeah. i don't know or whether just decriminalized for you know gift grow and gather that's one sure. model yeah 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 for sure i think where our eyes are being opened and that's why i'd like to talk to different people like brianna Men mendoza about you know the global war on drugs you know i talked to dr coder about transpersonal psychology and the ceremony of mushrooms like i want to be as educated as possible. I know sometimes I sound like a degenerate talking about like, oh, this guy's doing this stuff, but let's be honest, I like to have a good time, but I am extremely educated in what I'm doing while I'm having it. So it's not like it's a flippant thing, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's about intentional use and, and mindful consumption and being aware of like, you know, like we're saying set and setting and even like in some cases, the cultural context behind some of these psychedelics. Some of these psychedelics have a really long, um, you know, cultural history attached to them, and and there's a ceremony, there's ceremony, and yeah. all that stuff. I think that there's a lot to explore there, and I'm glad that our minds are opening up a bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So tell me about you had mentioned in the beginning about your husband, and now you're on this journey. How is that mesh between you two? So. <laughs> We've we've been through a really interesting dance, I think, with it, with, with cannabis in particular, um, different periods in our lives. He consumed, I didn't. Um, he quit for a long time, and then that's when I found it, actually, it was when he was abstaining. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then there was a period of time where we were both partaking, but you know, his brain chemistry doesn't work great with cannabis. I mm. have to admit that, even though I'm an advocate and I think that overall, it's, you know, a plant with very few negative side effects for most people. I think yeah. that there are some people for whom it just becomes, um, you know, too habitual and changes their perceptions, even when they're not 
high, mm. you know, and that that is the case for him. So now I'm the only one who partakes I'm again <laughs> in our house. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, Isn't that funny? Yeah, That's a whole like funny. big change, right? It is. And, you know, so for for that reason, what I've been through in my relationship around cannabis, I wanted to include a chapter in the book about how to approach partners with this and, you know, how to talk about it if the other person is not into it or, you know, can't consume for whatever reason. Because, yeah, these things come up. Yeah, it's actually funny. So, like, my wife doesn't uh, do it. She's not opposed to it at all. But she's, I think she's kind of like your husband, not the habitual part, but it's like, it just, it doesn't feel good for her. So mm-hmm. she's just like, eh, I'm not that into it, you know, type of thing. But she's supportive of me doing it, but, you know, and being responsible uh, yes. with it. So how does your husband see you now that you're doing this? Has his perception changed of you? That's an interesting question. Um, I think I'd have to ask him that question because <laughs> I don't know if we've ever, if we've ever discussed that person. What? We just, well, <laughs> We've discussed, you know, how it affects him, how it affects okay. our relationship and all that. Um, but, you know, in terms of like how he's, I think that, that we had a conversation not that long ago where um, he was like, you know, you have become more productive since cannabis came into your life. And that's really interesting because hmm. it was always the opposite for me. You know, he was speaking from his perspective, yeah. it's always the opposite for him. And it is true, actually, since cannabis came into my life, my you know writing career has definitely gone well, and I have my book out. And um, this past year has been really interesting in terms of, you know, having a book about cannabis out there, becoming more of a vocal advocate or yeah. a visible advocate um, online. And so I, I think he's proud of me. Yeah, I'm sure he is. It's just <laughs> you have homework now. Now you have to ask him this question. <laughs> I like those deep questions. You're like, how do you? What do you think of me? what type of friend do you think I am? I like that type of stuff because it pushes people to answer questions they often have never thought about or have never even conceived that they would answer in their mm-hmm. lives. And that there's, some, there's something about that. Like I have friends coming up and we partake in, in edibles primarily when we come up, we enjoy our time together. I think we have more fun with it. We do it responsibly. And then we talk about our feelings about each other more often. Mm-hmm. Now, the other side of that is someone say, well, why do you need that to talk about your feelings with each other? Okay, I don't know. I mean, what's the big deal? <laughs> like, <laughs> just like me as a parent, sometimes I need a little assist to be a little bit better in this one area. Mm-hmm. Why is it, I can't, you can't always be great in everything just because you wanted to will it to be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everybody needs assistance in different ways. So I was just curious, like he went from one transition to a different one and then you went through one and you've become more productive apparently, which is great. Do you, do you are you high when you write, when you write? No, um, definitely not high. Um, I, once in a while we'll have a microdose, um, yeah. you know, just to kind of fuel some parallel thinking, some creativity, yeah. that sort of thing. But actually I don't write as well with THC in my system because uh, I mean, I I should say it's great for ideas for me, for inspiration. And so my ritual right now um, is often to have my work day, pick up the kids from school now that they're actually back in school. Right, right. (laughs) Only been a couple weeks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, and, and, and sort of 
finish out the bulk of my work day and then to you know to partake and often i'll go on a walk at that point either with, yeah. with my kids or just with the dog and that's when i get great ideas so inspirations just fly through and not all of them are great yeah <laughs> some of them are good some of them aren't yeah but you know that's what canvas helps me with in terms of work and then when it comes to actually crafting sentences putting things together just cbd or or nothing yeah. for me yeah have you ever uh, smoked weed before you've worked out before? Yes, I have actually. What was that experience like? I'll, I'll tell you mine in a second. I want to hear yours. So it's it's pretty um, strain dependent for me um, okay. when it comes to smoking because there are strains that have more of those like uplifting terpenes sure. in them. You know, limonene and pinene are my go-tos for like energy and get things done. So um, yeah, if I if I have a, a strain with maybe a little lower THC content than you typically see on the market right now, like 16 to 18% maybe would be my, you know, target yeah. range for that. And just like, you know, a few puffs. Yes. Working out. I love it. Yeah. I think it, I saw, I saw some research out of Colorado about um, regular exercisers who smoke weed before they work out and that uh, super positive effects from it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this seems like the opposite of what I would want to do, <laughs> right? You know, and I found that completely be like, I was shocked at how much synergy there was between smoking weed, dressing weed and, and a hard workout for me. It was almost like it put me immediately into the zone or when I was experiencing pain from exercise, I could like, the, I was able to suffer more. Because it's like, I'm, I was numb. I was like, whatever, you know, I was like, it's a different state of mind. And I find that actually I cook better when I uh, am on edibles. I think better. Like, it's like, all I care about is the thing I'm doing at mm -hmm. that moment. The noise is any other noise is gone. Mm -hmm. It's just, so it's very one track minded for me mm -hmm. with it. And I told my buddy and he was like, there's, we're both fitness people. He was like, there's no way that works for working out there. Just try it. This guy's a heavy weed user. And he did, he was like, you were so right. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's interesting um, research about, yeah. How um, yeah. people who consume cannabis regularly do actually exercise more. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy, contrary right? to this, to this, you know, lazy, lazy stoner stereotypes. That whole, you know, stigma that and now i've talked about this in other episodes and maybe you discuss this with people it's just kind of this thing that people put on you that like you must not be productive you're a loser you're doing this you just probably just get the munchies all day and hang out and do nothing and i think well people productive people shouldn't be hiding that they're doing this because it just to me then the only thing people see is what they've been told of what somebody looks like is that does this, you know? Yeah, that's for sure. And it can really affect the way we feel about it and, and color our own, you know, a lot of people have shame for yeah. their use of cannabis because of all that. Um, and I think that, um, you know, I might, my hope is that as we continue this conversation and cannabis becomes more legal and more normalized, that that, that shame will, you know, will reduce, especially for, for moms. And, you know, so many moms are, are using cannabis for this, like for, for wellness purposes, so they can actually show up as their best selves, not yeah. so that they can tune out and, you know, 
ignore their kids' needs. Like, not at all. <laughs> no mom that I interviewed was like, yeah, it's cool. I put my kid in front of the TV and then I just go smoke weed. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. It's like, I, you know, the people were telling me things like I have less anxiety or I have less pain and then I can actually just be there better, be a parent better, be the, the person I want to be. Um, and I think that, you know, going back to the endocannabinoid system, it, it's, it's, it makes perfect sense. The endocannabinoid system is, is meant to bring us to homeostasis, right? It's meant to regulate our, help regulate our systems. So, you know, appetite, pain, sleep, sex, um, yeah. you know, so many just sort of basic functions or basic, um, you know, systems in our bodies that the ECS touches. Um, and so when we're out of whack, a little bit of cannabinoids just brings us back to that state of like, okay, calm, centered. I feel like myself yeah. doesn't like take us into a, like, you know, a new personality or yeah. become like a superhero version of yourself. Like it really doesn't alter you in that dramatic way. It yeah. just kind of helps you come back to homeostasis, feel better. What's wrong yeah. with that? You know, do you get moms who are saying like, I need a different option than like uh, pharmaceutical drugs or things that or just have severe side effects or horrible withdrawal? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I know moms who have withdrawn from opioids with the use of mm -hmm. cannabis and uh, are thriving now. Um, you know, some, some women use it, some people use it for, for mental health, anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, chronic pain is another one for sure. Then we're getting into the medical side of things. I mean, with, with cannabis, it's, we have like this legal distinction between medical and recreational, so-called recreational, which the yeah. industry now prefers to say adult use because uh, mm. recreation connotes like kids playing at a park or something. So, right. okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, yeah, um, medical and adult use, but then there's like this vast space in between where it's like, okay, we can be using it, you know, I guess for wellness in this middle space. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I'm glad you're talking about that because I think so much of this has been kind of a medical or like, oh, you know, it's okay if it's medical. But what's wrong with pretty much well people wanting to feel more well or a better version? And I think sometimes there's kickback of like, well, you don't really have a problem that's medical. So this should be left to medical things. So there's nothing wrong with well people putting that out to say, hey, I do this as a well person or a person who doesn't have these diagnoses and I just want to like have an enhancement of my life. And I don't think we're talking about that enough. We make it more of a injury, medical pain relief thing, but sometimes it's just, you just want to be better. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do try to convey that in my Instagram that, you know, that there are many, many reasons. And, and even with one single session with cannabis, I might be considering for some different reasons or getting some different benefits yeah. from it. Um, so yeah, we just have to keep keep talking about it. I think the more um, you know, everyday people or you know, public figures or you know, just the more people talk about their ability to be a responsible parent and a cannabis lover at the same time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the better the yeah. better off we're gonna be. I yeah. think it's funny. It's like I. I asked you, like, could you move up your appearance, you know, to come on here? And then uh, I was like, oh, this is perfect, because I think next week I have Jordan Boucher coming on. And she is a nutritionist and she goes by like the dank nutritionist. Oh, and nice. so she talks, she does all these seminars about how to control the munchies and stuff when you're smoking. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm going to book in these things. You know, <laughs> we're going to like, yeah. but it's great because I'm like, okay, they're talking about it. And it's, and it's not just like somebody who's like, dude, I got the munchies, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, you may get the munchies. Here's how to deal with the munchies so that you don't like eat everything in your house. Because yes, I've done this. <laughs> People, it is true. You will be very hungry. I'm not lying. Everything you eat tastes amazing. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. I'd love to hear um, her tips on, on that. Because, Me too. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that the, the strain conversation is important there too. There are strains that are definitely known as... Yeah appetite stimulating and appetite suppressing more of them are appetite stimulating I should say. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a i should say there's a cannabinoid yeah <laughs> thcv have you heard of thc no what's that um it's a so like thc and cbd we have hundreds of other cannabinoids right um just thc and cbd are the most common ones and the ones most studied and talked about whatever but minor cannabinoids like thcv it is it is mildly psychoactive but it's being researched as like um appetite suppression and um blood sugar regulation and help for diabetics so yeah there are potentials to you know to use other cannabinoids not just your thc yeah. and your cbd for these different purposes but you know as as the regulations loosen and we get more research we're going to be able to find out more like i think that the future of cannabis is really tailored it's really bespoke yeah. you know yeah because it's not just a one size fits all here smoke this flower and you'll you know you'll like it it's <laughs> yeah you might <laughs> I mean, you but, might, you got to try stuff though, man. Like, you know, me, I can't sure. do water bongs. I do the water bong is so harsh. man. It's just too much for me. Really? Like I abstain okay. from the water bong hard. It's just like, it destroys me. Like just the feeling is not good, but I wouldn't know that if I didn't try. It. Yeah. You know? So yeah. like, I like to like move through a lot of options and then I center on what works for me. There's the design. There's the kind of the prescription almost, if you will, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just think that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to learn more about all the different cannabinoids. We are learning more of it. We're going to continue to yeah. do that. And then the terpenes and even like flavonoids in cannabis, because it's a plant, you know, these yeah. can have some effects. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future. I really am. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity. And like you said, is the more we talk about it, the more we get it out there, and to me, honestly, the more well people talk about it and say, hey, yeah, I, I do this. I'm a successful mom. I'm a successful uh, you know, dad or whatever, whatever I do in my life. And I'm thriving. I think that's the thing that people think people are doing this. There's no way they could be thriving and doing well. And I, I, most people I know are thriving and doing it responsibly. So that message, I, I think, should get out there. I 100% agree, honestly, and I'm really heartened to see more of that happening on Instagram. I think that's the place yeah, where, yeah. you know, it's the most visible right now. I agree. And listen, you might get the munchies. It's okay. It's totally okay. I got a buddy who eats really well most of the time. And every time he does an edible, which is very rare, he wants to get Taco Bell Crunchwrap. I don't know why <laughs> he destroys the Taco Bell Crunchwrap. <laughs> it's weird, man. He's like, got a weird craving for it every time <laughs> <It's> <laughs> hilarious. Have it. that's funny that's yeah really funny. like he never eats any of that stuff ever 
But the minute he does it and he gets, that's all he wants. I said, it's so weird. It's like, it's like you're going through something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's funny. But you know, I I don't actually get the munchies that often, interestingly enough. Yeah. I, I think that some of it is timing. Like I can, I can time it so that if I, if I smoke before dinner, then I eat a really good dinner, but I don't necessarily feel the need to like keep eating after that. Yeah. Um, So maybe that's it. And I've done intermittent fasting on and off. And so when I'm not eating after a certain period of time, it's like, I'm just not eating. It's not an option. I'm not, you know, so my brain doesn't go there as much. Yeah. Um, But I know that, yes, the munchies can definitely be. (laughs) My wife says I'm like a, I eat like a rat in a dumpster, right? (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> most of the time I'm very I, I you know I I'm in the fitness business I'm not like a super strict person for eating but I, I'm, I'm very moderation stuff she's like you just keep going back to that pantry over and over again I'm like I'm never not hungry <laughs> it's like a wave of constant hunger <laughs> like, wow but you know what delta eight does that for me delta eight is delta another eight. yet another cannabinoid that's yeah um, gaining the popularity and okay illegal states because it's like kind of a gray area cannabinoid. Really? What? I never heard of this. Yeah. It's, it's another minor cannabinoid that, um, you can either, they can either extract from hemp, um, or they okay. can actually make it out of CBD. So it's, it's naturally occurring, but the Delta eight product that you usually get is synthetic because they, you know, they take the CBD molecules and they do something to it to make it Delta eight. And it's like, depends on who you ask, maybe legal because <laughs> in places without, you know, THC legalization, mm. because it's not THC, but it's Delta huh. eight THC, which is very <laughs> similar to Delta nine THC, the normal one. And anyway, but yes, Delta eight stimulates appetite for me, like, like gangbusters. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so funny. Well, you're very knowledgeable about this, Danielle. And, um, you know, the book is weed mom. I want to definitely check it out and uh, check out Danielle's Instagram because uh, it's really awesome. I follow her on there and she has great information, fun videos. And uh, again, I think it's really important to get this topic out to people. So thank you for being on. Thank you so much, Dr. D. It's been really fun. Most definitely. We will be in touch. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.